0: Welcome again, everyone. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. Good to see everyone here. Uh, I'm going to continue today walking through some passages at the beginning of the book of Acts. Uh, Again, the fifth book of the New Testament. The last couple weeks we looked at the growth of early church in Jerusalem. Now it's going to start moving outside of Jerusalem. And it's going to and it's going to start moving today. The Holy Spirit's going to move the church into Africa. Uh, but before we get there, I'll just take a little moment to think a little bit about how you do road trips. There's a couple different ways to you do road trips. It'll make sense in a minute. Are you the kind of road tripper who goes straight through? Are you the kind of person who sets a goal and says, "You know, we are going to make it to Albuquerque today." Period. And I don't care how many state parks there are along the way. I don't care how pretty that sunset is by the windmills in Deming. I don't care how large the array is in Socorro. We are getting to Albuquerque. I will not be distracted, right? Or are you the kind of road tripper? Maybe I'd call more a mosier. You know, you go along, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Let's stop there and check that out. Or you you can usually tell the same thing when you hike with people, right? Some want to get to the top of the mountain right away. Others are like, hey, that's a pretty flower. (laughs) Now, if you're the first type, if you're the first type, you're probably naturally more of a goal setting kind of personality. Uh, you're probably the kind of person that tends to pick what you want to do, and you block out the distractions, and you focus, and you get to the end. And in some parts of life, that can serve you very well. Say you want to be a doctor, right? You better clear off a lot of your schedule, right? You got all the schooling, all the, you get residency, you better clear off everything once you get to residency, right? And, but when you're done, after all those years, you're a doctor, so you focus, there's a goal, right? If you're the second, more the smell the flowers type, you're probably someone who soaks in life more in the moment. Right? But does isn't, and maybe you don't get as many goals done, but you get more, you get, there's a, maybe a little bit more richer of the place you are. If you're the smell you're pl- the flowers type, you're probably not the person to push everything aside and not notice things when you're so driven to get that goal. So this matter, because when it comes to looking at how do we view our faith lives, how do we view our spiritual lives and our connection with God, and he asks me, which path is probably more the spiritual path? I honestly am going to tell you it's probably more the second, even though my personality leans more the first. In the Bible, there's a lot of examples of people who are just going about their lives, and then the Holy Spirit just sort of shows up and turns them around in a different direction. In the Old Testament, you get the prophets, right? Most of the time, they're just going along, living their lives, and then the Holy Spirit appears in this vision. If you're Isaiah, you're busy in the temple, you're doing your sacrifices, and then, boom, a vision appears. If you're Amos, you're out trimming sycamore trees, doing your landscaping, and then God appears and says, go north, yell at the priests up there. That's kind of how the prophets work. They don't usually set out to do it. They're going one way, and then God, boom, appears, moves them another way. When you look at Jesus' ministry, he's amazingly not goal-oriented. For most of his three years, he's just kind of moseying around. He sets out, you know, he says to his disciples, follow me, but he doesn't say follow me to where they're following. It's just follow me. And if you read it, he goes around to this town, and then he goes to that one, and then he goes to this one, and he goes to a town, and then he talks a little bit, and then somebody shows up, right? And they either want to argue with him, or he heals him, and then he heals him, and then there's an argument about whether he should heal him, and then he'll make an object lesson out of it. Well, here, let me tell you a story of a guy along the road. And so if you were to draw Jesus' ministry on a map, people have done this. It's it going all over the place. That's how Jesus grew. It's amazing how sort of unlinear the Gospels are. And yet, how much did Jesus get done in the end? How he changed the world. It's not planned. It's not terribly organized. It's almost kind of passive. Kind of like you go about with a general idea and wait for the Spirit to come to you. This is how the early church first took off in Africa. And it's how we ended up getting the oldest Christian church, the Ethiopian Coptic Church or the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. You might not have heard of them. They are one of the oldest continuous Christian bodies in the world. They trace their their roots all the way back to the original disciples. And now they number in the millions. And they were founded by the Apostle Philip who talked to this guy who was the treasurer of the Queen of Ethiopia. And the story's a fun one. This is our reading in the book of Acts. It was a little long. I wanted to keep everything in there. But what you get, essentially, is Philip, one of the disciples, and he's sitting in Jerusalem, doesn't say what he's doing, but it says an angel just appears to him and says, Hey, Philip, there's this guy who we never get a name for. He works for the Queen of Ethiopia. He's the treasurer. He just came to Jerusalem to worship and give sacrifices. So he's Jewish, he's a believer, and he's on his way home. He's got some Bible questions. I need you to head down there and answer some questions for him. So what does he do? So that's what Philip does. He heads down there, he runs runs into the guy. They read this passage from the book of Isaiah, And Philip convinces him, yes, this passage is in fact about the Messiah. And then Philip says, well, what's to stop us from getting baptized? Well, nothing, he says. So they baptize him in the river and that's the last we see of him. And then that became the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. It's kind of an interesting story because I think we also tend to forget that there were Jews in Africa even before Jesus' time. They'd been imported there through various empires and things. Uh, But this treasure was was one of them. And so he has a Bible question, and God sends him an apostle to help answer it. i got to tell you, that's a pretty good service. The number of times I've sat and wanted an answer to a Bible text, and God never seemed to grab an apostle for me. He was like, Lars, figure it out. If after all those years of seminary, you still can't figure out where to put that comma, Ain't my problem anymore. Use your brain, I gave you one. But Philip, Philip's kind of interesting. He goes off, he does what he's told, he gets his answers, he disappears, and then it says, and this kind of line, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and he found himself at Azotus. Teleportation, that's a unique gift too. I've never had that one. I wish I had that one. Do you know how many meetings I wish I had that gift for? You know, sitting there like, oh, Lord, do I have to listen to another verbal report where they're just reading the written report that they could have just emailed me? Lord, there's gotta be someone who has a Bible question somewhere. Please send me to the road to Gaza. It would be better than here. And God's like, no, you gotta sit through the meeting. But man, Maybe I just don't have enough faith and pray hard. But this is how the Ethiopian church started. Uh, the eunuch went home, millions of people believed. And the Holy Spirit is still at work in that part of Africa. We have a Lutheran body in Africa. Uh, by numbers, in the world, most Lutherans live in Africa now. And the fastest growing Lutheran body is the Makane Yesu Church, which adds a measly half million new members a year. Uh, So they're doing some pretty impressive work. But I look at this story of, uh, I think of Philip sitting there just doing whatever he's doing. And he gets dragged away by God for this errand because God needed him. And Philip didn't fight it. It wasn't part of any plan. But when God spoke, he listened and, and went to where that was. And this is what God does. This is the pattern of how God works. God puts people into our lives and draws us to them for their growth and for our growth. God's plan is rarely something we can see in advance and plot out years ahead. Now, I know I just told you in the announcements to come next week to the forum where we plan out our future ahead. You you, you have to plan even if you change it, but we don't ever carve anything in stone. You know? We have to to keep a certain amount open always, we're not that rigid. Because our plans for our lives are rarely a, a linear straight ladder up to heaven or a stairway. There's always interruptions or side turns. It's not like Jacob, right? The ancestor Jacob had a vision of a stairway to heaven and a lady who knows all that glitters is gold. I won't sing it, YouTube will give me a copyright violation but I hope I got it in your head now. But this is what Jacob saw. A ladder going up and down to heaven. Straight up. Isn't this what we kind of think? We wish it would be. I wish I could give it to you and tell you this is the key to finding enlightenment and spiritual growth. One, two, three, four, five. Go up this ladder and you'll find ecstasy. You, you'll get to see heaven. Pray, do this prayer, do this worship. Bing, 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 and up it goes. And that almost never happens. Because that isn't how life works. Instead, it's probably more like this. I got one of my fancy graphic again. But I think this is more what a real spiritual life looks like. You're going along and you kind of think you're going up. And then you run into someone. God puts someone in your life. It's an encounter. It changes you. It moves you. You get an insight. You get a growth. I don't know. Something happens. And it may be that it sets you back a little bit. But then you meet someone else. Someone else gets in your life. This is part of why we worship as a community, as a congregation, and not just solitary individuals. Because God puts people in our lives, and then maybe you go back up and goes around. You know, sometimes I've seen this meme online. It says what I thought my spiritual life would be like, and it shows an arrow and then says what it's really like, and it's a squiggly thing. And I almost agree with that, except the squiggly line is still individual. There's no, you need to put other people in there. The path isn't just a roundabout path in my own head. It's a path of encountering other people. In the Bible, the spiritual life is never a purely solitary individual thing. We need those encounters with people to guide us and move us, to steer us in our journey. And to some extent, I guess it's up to us to decide whether we respond to that when God puts someone in our way. Am I going to see this as an opportunity? Am I going to listen? Is God speaking through this person to me? Am I going to allow this person in my life? Or am I so focused, so focused on those goals that I've blocked it all off and I won't, I won't want to be interrupted? Maybe, the, maybe this is more of a type A problem. You know, Maybe you're sitting there going, Lars, I don't have that problem. Good for you. I do. If you're a planner and an executor, and you make goals like that, it can get real easy to get so focused that you aren't taking time to listen where God's speaking in your life. I remember in high school, there was this program. I don't even know if it still exists. They called it Close-Up. And you, you, it was like you'd go to Washington, D.C. for a week. And you'd learn all about you know, how the political process worked. And you'd see some house committees and meet with various political groups. And, and, um, and what they would do, what the organization would do, it was national. So they tended to bring people from, kids from different parts of the country together. So there'd be two of you from your town and two people from another town in your room. And the, in, their, in their brilliance, they matched up uh, my little school from up north with kids from LA. Now, if you grow up in the woods in the Midwest, you think there's only two things in LA. Well, three things. Earthquakes, movie stars, and people shooting people. That's what we thought LA was, you know? And, and, uh, and a bunch of lawyers, I guess. It was the 80s. There were lots of lawyers, right? And uh, that's all we thought of LA. So suddenly, we get there, and they tell us, you're rooming with these two guys from LA. And I was like, oh, am I safe? And then you actually meet them and you're like, wow, they're not movie stars or shooting people. They're just really cool. And so it was a good week, which was kind of what the whole point was. We got to the end, we traded addresses. This was before email and texting. We traded addresses and they went back. And in a few weeks, I got a letter from Joe, Joe from LA. And I mean, it was writing this letter. I was like, wow, it's really cool. And I thought, oh, I gotta make sure to write you back. But I got focused. Right? Got to have focused. I got my school activities. I got my things I'm doing. I got focus, focus, focus. And the letter sat there on my desk, and then it got moved into the desk, and then I kind of forgot about it year, until years later. I was like, you know, I could have had a really good friend in L.A. So Joe, if you're watching, my apologies. I should have written you back. I am glad of the goals I've achieved in life, But I honestly will say some of the best adventures and the best experiences that helped me grow the most were not ones that I planned. They're ones God put in my way. I didn't think I was ever, I never planned to come to Arizona. You know, I never planned to come to Marana. And when I came to Marana, I never planned, for example, that I would spend eight years trying to start a church for graffiti artists. Let me get the picture up there. I have no idea how to do graffiti. But God put someone in my way. And I saw the moment and I said, you know, I'm not going to do like I did before. I'm going to listen. Maybe God's speaking. Maybe God's saying, Lars, maybe you don't know how to do a spray paint can. Maybe you can be a part of it. You can do something. So I said, I'm not going to turn it. So every Thursday for eight years, I went downtown to try to start a church for graffiti artists. So there, there we are on doing just like a mural project on the east side the guy in the middle in the blue and the guy next to him uh, in the black shirt with his hand like this they painted part of our mural over there Um, so uh, uh, now i had to close it down in 2022 too many people scattered with covid a couple of my members died the guy on the right ramon he died i did his funeral a couple years ago so you know it is what it is. Maybe it wasn't successful in a worldly way, but I, I, wouldn't, I, would, I would do it again in a heartbeat because you know what, when the Holy Spirit speaks and puts someone in your life, like I say, the best experiences come to you when you just listen. You know, Philip wasn't a master of Ethiopian culture. He just went and shared the gospel. And so, you know, I could imagine if an angel of the Lord came to me again you know, And I was sitting there with my cup of coffee and an angel appeared and said, "Lars?" Lars, there's a guy down at the Starbucks. He's the president of the Marana Off-Roading Club. He is the treasurer and holds all their money. He has a question about the Bible. I'm like, "All right, let's clear the desk. I'd get I'd be down there in a second. I'd grab my forerunner before I did it, too." <laughs> That's how it goes. God puts people in our lives. The path to God is not often as much something, a ladder that we choose to climb, as a state of openness and listening to the people God puts in our lives, and a willingness to respond when God speaks through those people. Amen.